Welcome to the Gridiron Goodies Podcast. I am your host, as always, Stephen Scott. On today's episode, I will preview all of the games from this upcoming divisional round weekend, we'll head on down to my best bets, and then I'll wrap up with some news you need to know, all coming up on this episode of the Divisional Preview. I'm extremely excited about this upcoming slate of games. Last weekend was amazing, but this weekend is all set up to be even better. We have two young up-and-coming underdogs against well-rested juggernauts, a battle between the old guard in a new place, and a team on a historic journey. Let's go ahead and dive into it all. Starting off with the first game on Saturday, we have the Houston Texans at the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are heavily favored out in the desert, entering this matchup as 9.5 point favorites, and it's deservedly so. The Ravens, in my opinion at least, are the most complete team in the NFL this year and are likely to hoist the Lombardi. They're coming off of their first round bye, and like I said earlier, they're well rested and might even get the ever dangerous Mark Andrews back for this game. They even found a way to bolster their running back room. Keaton Mitchell is also back, and they managed to add Dalvin Cook and drop Melvin Gordon. Now Marlon Humphrey is out, so they're not completely back to full strength, but this far into the season, this is about as close as a team will be to having all their starters available. On the other side of the field, the Texans are relatively healthy as well, but they will be without Noah Brown. He was placed on IR earlier this week due to a shoulder injury from the last game against the Browns. The Ravens lose a pass defender, and the Texans lose a pass catcher, so I call this one a scratch as far as this matchup goes. As for the units that will be playing on the field, there's no doubt that the Texans' offense has an extremely uphill battle against the defense of the Ravens. Baltimore can stop the run, the pass, and they'll get in your quarterback's face. The offensive line's ability to keep the pass rush at bay and C.J. Stroud's ability to keep the ball out of the hands of the defenders will be a determining factor if Houston is to come away with this upset. Tunsil on the left side will have a great matchup with Owe and Clowney, but the interior of that line is a question, and Justin Matabike might prove to be a bit of a problem. George Fant on the other side of the line is also questionable for this game. He'll likely play, but he might struggle against these beasts on the outside. Stroud will likely need to get the ball out quickly, limiting the shots he'll be able to make downfield as a result. Honestly, I hope not, because those deep bombs are what make this team unpredictable. But we're likely to see his 13 yards per attempt average drop dramatically in this one. Houston could attempt to establish some sort of rushing attack on the ground to mitigate this pass rush, but like I said earlier, the Ravens are good against the run as well. Devin Singletary will likely struggle in this department, and out of the backfield as a receiver, he has an even more unfavorable matchup against the linebackers and DBs. I don't think this will be a viable strategy either. CJ Stroud is essentially the only chance this offense has at keeping up with Lamar. Win or lose, I am interested to see how this young quarterback handles this amount of pressure. Overall, I do like this Texans team, but I think the Ravens will be too much for them to handle. Lamar Jackson has been on a tear this entire season, and I don't see this matchup being any different. Baltimore is a Super Bowl-bound team, and this is likely just a speed bump. Ravens should take this one at home, but I'm not too certain about them covering that giant spread. Moving on, we have another great matchup to end our Saturday on, as the other young up-and-coming team faces the juggernauts of the NFC, Packers at Niners. These two games are so eerily similar that they even share the same point spread in the desert, as the 49ers also enter this matchup as 9.5 point favorites. Almost every single point I made for the Texans matchup can be applied to this one as well. Except for the fact that I like their rushing attack with Aaron Jones, 
a lot better than I do Houston's rushing attack with Singletary, and I think this may be the key to their victory. At times, the Niners' defense has been vulnerable on the ground. However, this was before the Chase Young addition, so this window of opportunity may have already shut. While there are many similarities between the Texans and the Packers' offenses, the defenses are where they differ. Green Bay's defense has been inconsistent at best, and has only upgraded to that moniker from trash only a few weeks ago. They could easily be downgraded in this matchup, as I do not like this linebacking core against CMC. Unless McCaffrey decides to dress up as a trainer, he's poised to have an amazing game here, especially coming off this bye week. The guy is always battling some sort of injury, so I suspect this is the best he's felt all season, and that is a dangerous notion, at least for Packers enthusiasts. Overall, I don't really like Green Bay's chances in this one. There's too many questions on the defense, and this 49ers team is too well coached and has too much talent all over their roster to lose this game. This team is also destined for the Super Bowl. Next up, we have the first match on Sunday as the Buccaneers head up to Detroit to take on the Lions. Vegas likes Detroit as they are favored by 6.5 points coming into this one. Much like the Houston and Cleveland game last week, I find myself stuck in between two pet teams, as I'm finding it difficult to choose one over the other to root for. I like Baker's redemption story in Tampa, but I also like the historical run this Lions team and their fans are experiencing. The Bucks have won a championship recently, so I guess I'm leaning towards rooting for the Lions. As far as the matchup on the field goes, the Lions get the nod on offense, but I think the Bucks have a slight advantage on defense, and a lot of those guys have been in this situation more recently. This may be a more evenly matched game, than most people are expecting. Detroit seems to go the way of their rushing attack, and Tampa is fresh off of stopping the tush-pushing Eagles, so there's no doubt David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs could have a tough day here. I expect them to stretch to the outside, or run directly at the undersized Kalijah Kansi, who struggles immensely in that department. While they may struggle on the ground, I do think they have favorable matchups with Amon Ra on the outside, and Sam Laporta when he's not paired against the recently snubbed Antoine Winfield version 2.0. Look for these two to have a very productive game. On the flip side, I really like this rushing attack of the Bucks. Rashad White doesn't get as much pop as he deserves. He's extremely dangerous, both on the ground and as a receiving threat out of the backfield. He's second only to CMC in this regard, and I'm sure there's stats out there somewhere that can reinforce that opinion. These backers for Detroit will need to play on their toes, as will their DBs on the outside against Mike Evans. And as you guys may know, I've made rent multiple times off of the backs of their efforts, so I see no reason at least one of them can't score in this one also. Overall, even though I do like this Bucks team, I have to go with the Lions at home. Although that spread is a little too high for my liking. I think the Lions will get the win, but the Bucks cover the spread. Up next, we have the last game on a slate to close out our Sunday evening. Kansas City at Buffalo. This matchup has produced some of the more memorable moments over the past few years, but this game feels different for some reason. These two teams are very similar as they both straddle the line between the juggernauts and the don't belongs. This game could determine which side their respective organizations fall on for seasons to come. Now we can sit here and break down all of the individual matchups from this game until the sun comes up, but ultimately, the matchup between these two always seems to come down to which quarterback has the ball last. Maintaining possession and clock control should be the winning strategy here. We may get a shootout in the beginning, 
but look for things to slow down towards the end of the game as both of these teams attempt to run out the clock. I expect the Chiefs to have a leg up on the Bills in this regard, and as much as it pains me to do so as a Broncos fan, I have to go with KC in this game. Even though he's on the road this time around, I can't go against Mahomes. Maybe it's because I am a Denver fan that I know his best ability is figuring out how to come away with a win, especially in these situations. And until he proves me wrong, I'm going to go with that. Something you can't say, at this moment anyway, about Josh Allen. And with that said, that will wrap up the preview portion of this episode. Let's go ahead and take a quick break right here. Welcome back. Now we'll head on down to my best bets. For my straight five bets, I have Justice Hill, Dalton Schultz, Romeo Dobbs, Cade Otten, and Khalil Shakir, all to score. Now for any new listeners, this is not a parlay. These are five individual straight up bets, and my goal is to always nail either two or three of these to cover the bets we've just placed. Anything more than that is all gravy. Moving on to my parlay bets, I've decided to go with two four-leg parlays. The first parlay consists of the following legs. I have Gus Edwards to score, Aaron Jones to score, Mike Evans to score, and lastly, I have Travis Kelsey to score. For the second parlay, I wanted to try to nail the outcomes of these games. So for the first leg, I went with the Texans to keep it within their spread. Same goes for the Packers on the second leg. For the third leg, I went with Tampa to also keep it within their spread. And lastly, I took the Chiefs on the money line. Now let's move on to the news you need to know. Billy B's hit it and quit it in the land of the peaches led to a second date. At first glance, I thought this first interview with the Falcons was a charade and just a way for Bill to get back into the swing of things. Turns out, I might have been viewing this from the wrong lens. Things might be heating up in Hotlanta. Over in the Windy City, Cliff Kingsbury got tired of sharing his pad tie with Eddie Lacy and has decided to interview for the Bears' recently vacated OC position. Dude is crazy in my opinion. We all saw his sweet-ass house in the valley. He's got to be set financially. He's willing to trade his comfy Southeast Asian vacation for more stress and headlines? No thank you. Either way, I'm all for people finding their happiness. So if coaching is his jam, I say go for it. I just think choosing Chicago might not have been the best decision if he's wanting to rebuild his reputation in the league. But who knows, the Bears are in a great spot to add pieces to this roster. Maybe they can turn it around more quickly than most expect. In Pittsburgh, the smoke surrounding Mike Tomlin and his job security seems to be just that. Smoke. All signs are pointing to his return and makes this whole situation seem nonsensical. In other news, the Max Crosby-led coup in Vegas seems to have worked. The Raiders organization and Antonio Pierce seem to be working on a deal to get something more permanent etched. Massive respect goes out to Crosby for doing this. I don't like the Raiders one bit as a Donkeys fan, but I do respect the hell out of this move, as I do think it was the correct decision. And for the first time, and possibly the last time, we'll end an episode on a Raiders positive. I will return as usual on Tuesday for the recap. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend, and I'll see you next time.